This week in Table Talk Radio, we got listener email preaching to Hollywood, and we have a guest come on the show, a famous guest, Deepak Chopra. He'll increase our level of consciousness, I'm sure. Stay tuned. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, maybe. The, maybe. the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> Preaching Christ at the frustration of missionalists everywhere, this is <laughs> Table Talk Radio. That's ironic, isn't it? It's oh, ironical. Are you thinking that missionalists should be in the interest of preaching Christ? That's, yes. You're so, you're such a Fort Wayne grad. Man. <laughs> we were just you translating probably this went text. to a convention. It, it, what did it say? It pleased the Lord through the, through the foolishness of what is preached. The word there is the moronos. Through the through the morons through the, through the preaching morons, it, ple- it that that there's a radio show for you. See that that's why everybody calls me a moron. Now right. I get it. Yes, okay, it's the, that it's is a compliment. Is. Yeah, Pastor, <laughs> Thanks, you're everybody. so First Corinthians <laughs> chapter one ish. Uh, well, this is the moronic show indeed. Um, now. Uh, we start with some buzzwords, then we listen to some voicemails, and then we play Preaching to Hollywood, and then we listen to Deepak Chopra, and then Deepak we call it a rope. Uh, uh, sorry, we call it a... Chopra. <laughs> we call Deepak it a rap. Chopra. Chopra. I gotta, I gotta work oh, on my accent. No. That's what this Another is. Another accent. You might just want to <laughs> skip this one, folks. I would. Deepak, stay tuned for more. All right, are you ready for your... Your buzzword? I almost, yeah, oh yeah. I almost called it a theological buzzword, but that would not be true. Are you ready for your buzzword? Yeah, of course. Your Already. buzzword, your cultural buzzword is gender. Oh, nice. <laughs> now, you might think gender has something to do with, like, your biology or your anatomy, which is not the case, I'm learning, from our culture. Gender, in fact, is... Um, the identity, uh, what an individual's concept of themselves, of male or female. Hmm. There you go. So you have the term sex, which refers to the biological and, um, aspect of one's anatomy, that what they were 
you know, born into. And then gender is something separate to be one's um, concept of themselves. Okay, so you got that clear? I think the word gender means van, gender. like minivan. Gender. In my world, I define gender as minivan. <laughs> Are you self-identifying as a minivan? I just, I mean, according to the gender studies, you can define things however you want it. Indeed. Okay. Gender, by the way, classically refers not to sex, but to, uh, it's, a gramma- it's a grammatical term. Uh, you know what I mean? It's uh, this is oh yeah. So like you have a masculine pronoun or something like that. Right, right. That's what it traditionally means. In fact, so. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so my buzzword for you is brot. Brot. Is this your? Are you selling your German kick? I am. I studied German. I'll tell you. I'm getting ready for a trip to Germany. I studied German for five minutes a day on this Duolingo, and uh, the word for today is brot. 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 Get it? It means bread. Do you think that you'll be able to speak German fluently by the time you go on your trip? Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) In fact, in fact, I passed like level one, part one on Duolingo last night, and it said you are one percent fluent in German. (laughs) Yeah, which is a lot more fluent than I've ever been in German. It's a hey. Are you fluent in German? Oh, I'd say about one percent. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm getting close. (laughs) Good. All right. You're gonna define it, or am I just gonna? Yeah, it means bread. Oh, bread. You said that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, let's let's hit the voicemail system. Um, So, if you have comments or questions about anything you hear on the show, you can uh, just call us in at one eight hundred three eight five sola. 1-800-385-SOLA, and we get those emails right here. And why don't you stall a little bit while I uh, pull this up, Pastor. Das Brot ist und. Ah, that's about as far as I've got. That's 1% German right there. <laughs> that's it. That's I'm part of the 1%. <laughs> Wo ist das Brot? <laughs> I think that means who is the bread. Don't, never mind that. All right, that's enough. Don't worry, everybody. I'll get us around Germany. No problem. <laughs> All right. Well, here is here's the message we received recently. One eight hundred three eight five Sola. Hello, pastors. Just listening to your uh, uh, show about uh, what uh, issues self-identify as, and Pastor uh, uh, Kaglin made the comment that when did this questioning gender start? And I re- distinctly remember. Uh, back in the 90s, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's confirmation hearing, Senator Grassley made a point uh, of contention that uh, uh, Judge Ginsburg always had uh, badgered her uh, people in front of her in the court to use gender instead of sex. And uh, I remember Grassley portended that uh, this was not good because we should not introduce uh, confusion where things are very simple. And uh, so it goes back quite a while, and um, we're losing in the short boy. run. Boy, oh, boy. All right. Thank you for calling from your motorcycle. <laughs> That's right. Everyone, hey, when you, when you call in from your motorcycle, make sure you're going less than 30 miles an hour. <laughs> Not for your safety, just for wind audio quality. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get your, the fan in your study there probably running at about 65 miles an hour. So I'll tell you, the room I record this show in is blasted hot. I mean, I got the air conditioner running in the house. It's uh, probably 
going right now, but it does not cool this corner of the house well. So I really suffer to do this show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Same. Bear your cross. I, mean, I, so I got this awesome desktop bladeless fan. I'm thinking, okay, a bladeless fan might be quieter. Nope. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, that's not noisy. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, there was a thing about this email, and that is uh, that the, this switch, which is your buzzword, our caller gets 500 points for using the buzzword. Hey, uh, That's job. incredible. Uh, it says this was way back. This is, um, th- this is an old fight that we were apparently having. Um, when, when did it say? Back in the 80s? 90s. 90s. In the 90s. And the switch from sex to gender is a da- is it, foret- it foretold dangerous uh, developments still to come, and that has proven itself true. So, yeah. there you go. All right. Um, well, let's let's take a look at doing some uh, preaching to Hollywood. You want to tell us what this game is all about? Yeah. So, and when we do the preaching to Hollywood, what we do is we uh, listen to a song, normally a pop song. <laughs> Is this what we normally do? Songs? Have we ever done anything else like YouTube videos? No, or? just songs. Okay. I just I, I <laughs> what your your study your stutter makes me. This reminds me of our commander in chief. Like this uh, is when we uh, do some uh, preaching to Hollywood. <laughs> I wonder if our com- what, if our commander in chief when he's talking is also checking Facebook. If that's the cause of his stutter, also. <laughs> yeah, they, they got they got YouTube on the teleprompter. That's what that's what gets him going. So, um, and we we listen to it, and we listen for the theology that's in the song, and then we we I talk about it, and then we discuss how would you how would you talk to someone. Um, about the song. In other words, how does that song become an occasion for having a theological conversation? And how might we apply law and gospel to the situation of the conscience that is singing that particular song? That's the idea. So Jeremy writes in, we'll have time to listen to this song on uh, before the break, and then we'll respond on the other side. Jeremy writes in and says, hey, pastors, uh, this is a pretty new song and is begging for your analysis, he says. Meteor- mediocrely yours. How do you say that? Mediocrely. 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 <laughs> Here's the song. Uh, the Young Giant Performing Something to Believe in. It's my favorite part. I'm doing my like, karate to this song.
All right, that's the song. When we get back from this break, we're going to be play- talking about that song, The Young Giant Whoa. Something to Believe In. We'll be right back. Table Talk Radio. After a while, you just get used to it. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing Preaching to Hollywood with this song submitted to us called Something to Believe in by the Young Giant. Uh, Pastor Wolfman, what's going on in this song? I got no idea. Here, here's, some more, uh, here's the lyrics we heard already. It gets old when you talk to the sun in a tongue understood by no one. Can it be that I hear what he's saying? Is there a reason why, I, why I'm still awake? A question our listeners often ask themselves. <laughs> And he says, I've got you written in a black book by the railroad track. You see, I know your fate. And I say, you've got to listen. I'm a songbird with a brand new track you underestimate. I don't think the word underestimate makes it into a lot of songs, by the way, just as an aside. (laughs) And then this, I'll give you something to believe in. Burn up the basement full of demons. Realize you're a slave to your mind. Break free. Now give me something to believe in. Just give me, just give me something to believe in. Hmm. So forth. Then at the end, there's some new words down here at the end. It says, promise me, see, I'm afraid, I'm a, I'm a slave to my mind. You give me something to believe in. Hmm. Um, I like how it, it, it is, has the word just in it. I mean, it just would it'd be the same without just. So just give me something to believe in. Just, all right. That's right. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't want to be too demanding. I just, you know. Okay, yeah. something then from the songwriter's perspective has a person's mind captivated. Uh, the question is going to be, and maybe this is what leaves it ambiguous and open for one's interpretation, is what is the thing that captivates the mind that needs to be broken free from? Yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if... so. I mean, I don't know how much to read into these. Who are these young giants? Uh, I don't know. I'll work on it. You, you keep going. Is how philosophical this thing is. So this understanding of being a slave to the mind uh, is a, it, it can be a profound philosophical idea. Uh, it comes out of Descartes and kind of this, this uh, experiment of rationalism that is asking the question, how do I know anything? Is it based on, you know, can I know, can I, is there a way for me to experience things outside of myself? Or is, is my experience completely my own processing of my experience? This is the old yarn about, am I a man dreaming I'm a butterfly? Or am I a butterfly dreaming I'm a man dreaming I'm a butterfly? Does my own sensation correspond with the external world? And in um, this kind of new philosophy, that's one of the dangers that we get. When we um, we we've we've kind of lost our sense of realism uh, altogether, and so that that could be here. I'm a I'm a I'm a slave to my mind, but then it has this business of burn up the basement full of demons. 
I've got no idea who keeps demons in the basement. So, so, so that seems particularly non-rationalistic. And then the idea, give me something to believe in, I don't know how that fits in with anything. So basically, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so. yeah um, so I haven't gotten a whole lot more information other than they formed in 2004 in Irvine, California. Um, let's see. They have uh, three uh, songs that have kind of hit the charts, including um, the song Cough Syrup. And let's see, where are the other ones that I saw there? Uh, Apartment and uh, My Body was another song that uh, made it big. Oh, they used to be known as The Jakes. The Jakes? The Jakes. That's a kind of ridiculous name. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe Jake didn't like everyone using his name anymore. So <laughs> The guy who who's, was named Jake first called him up and said, hey, maybe. that violates... There is a member named Jacob, so maybe that was a... Hey, guys, what do you say we call the band The Evans? And then... <laughs> Hey, I don't know if I like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I wish if we were better, I'd like it. You know, mm-hmm. we could all. Uh, huh. Now, what? I don't know. What? I mean, so do you, can you make anything more of it than we made here? Um, here, I have a little bit more to read from Wikipedia since uh, I am apparently doing Lumpy's job all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Uh, says um, the first official single off the record is the record um, Home of the Strange. Something to Believe In, which was sent to Alternative Radio on May 10th, 2016. That's it. <laughs> so this is a new song. This is this is a fairly new uh, song that's out there. So. Promise um, me. See, I'm afraid. I'm a slave to my mind. You give me something to believe in. I don't know. It's a cl- I think it's in some ways a clamoring for something outside, for yeah. something more. But, he, uh, but here's the thing. In talk, having this kind of idea of uh, what's the... what. what that you have um, the mind in bondage. Now, now, people could interpret this various ways. I mean, uh, there's a way a Christian could understand this to be the uh, uh, that, that we're fallen in sin and that, that uh, the mind is not capable of comprehending the things of the Spirit, right? That's somewhere in the Bible. Right. Um, but I suppose uh, someone could take this and, and make it like, um, you know, you're in bondage to, like, the man or the authority or something like that or thoughts, and you need to break free and think for yourself or something. So, it, it, I mean, it's very ambiguous to say, you know, you're in bondage, but uh, you should listen to this song and then break free. Right. And I don't know if there's anything more profound. I, than now that. we we should now how so we have this question which we like to talk about, which is how would you how would you talk to someone who is so oh. so Let's just take the. Let's just try to do that. And what if we take the themes of the song? So the, I, this, uh, and how would you how would you speak of um, to someone about law and gospel with these themes that we have here? So you got a couple uh, that we that you could kind of key off of. There's the there's the the epistemological theme. How do you know anything? Right, that's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have the. Uh, uh, what else? The, what other theme do you have? You have the um, you have the demons that make an appearance here. So how do we speak to people about the demons? You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's an important theme. So well, I don't know. Why did you pick a theme and see if you can riff on it for a little bit? I like the uh, epistemological uh, concept. So um, I mean, what one point that this song kind of brings out is that um, the person who uh, um, 
who is in this kind of uh, mental bondage looking for something to believe in um, is, uh, I mean, so in other words, how, how does one know that they're in the darkness? <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to have um, someone to tell you that you're in the darkness to know that you're in the darkness, right? So that uh, uh, before before regeneration, um, people don't know the depth or the, 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 the um, level of their depravity uh, until, until it, the God's word comes along and enlightens just how locked in bondage that we are. And there is something to that with the song, the same kind of concept uh, is at play here. Now, I think then you can connect that to, um, hey, that's kind of like what the Bible tells us about our own fallen sinfulness. And uh, and talk a little bit about the, the story of the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve that um, ascend. And, and ever since then, anyone who was born after Adam and Eve was born into sin and without the ability to discern uh, spiritual matters. Um, it isn't then until uh, someone comes along, uh, Jesus, uh, or maybe um, better put, the Holy Spirit comes along and enlightens us with the truth that we can see uh, just how dead we are in our trespasses and sins. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's right. And so this, I mean, the themes of slavery and freedom uh, are, are uh, especially profound in the Scripture. And, and even the idea of being set free from our own thoughts, our own sinfulness, and so forth, uh, that's, that's also true. So Jesus says, you know, if you, if whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin, uh, but he's come that we might be free. And that is... Um, that's important, uh, very important for our Christian life. Yeah. Now, our next one would come from someone named Sean, signed your future Kansas pastor. Do you know anything about that? Is that Sean Kilgo, whose ordination I am going to be preaching at this uh, Sunday? I think it is. Oh, um, he would want us to uh, analyze the song Preacher by One Republic. Have we done that one, though? I think we've done that one. I don't know. You don't know. Do you care? <laughs> no. What now? Um, when you preached at my ordination, you started out with a song from Beyonce. Any ideas yeah. what you, what the opening? If you hymn like will it, be? then you better. If you like it, but then you better put a ring on it. Uh, what is that song? Uh, bow, 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 by Beck. Bow, bow. I can't remember the words. You know what I'm talking about? I can't. I can't exactly remember. I think that song might come up for uh, Sean's ordination. Okay, I'm pretty sure. By the way, we have done this one by One Republic entitled Preacher. Um, that's uh, When I was a kid, I used to buy and sell Gravity. I knew oh, how Oh, yeah, to yeah, I do. I remember doing that. Yeah. So uh, you're welcome. Uh, hey, so Sean, does that mean that Sean doesn't listen? Uh, is that, that, that or is... we aren't very good at archiving these emails that we get. <laughs> One of the that, two. <laughs> that could not possibly be. <laughs> Here's our next situation. email. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hmm. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, I hope you have a great 2014. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy to, any New Year's resolutions for 2014? <laughs> yes. We are the worst. Getting to your emails in a timely fashion. Thanks for writing to Table Talk Radio. Someone sent me an email the other day, and I was like, hey, thanks for writing. I read most of it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Look, great. you get to write in to Table Talk Radio, you know, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Uh Longer than a paragraph is probably pushing it, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, like sentence that was part be. of the criteria of a good email. And um, anyway, uh, so we're going to be listening after this break to a little Deepak Chopra. 
Deepak, and uh, we might do a little bit of uh, Witch Ladder with this. Um, hey, listen games. to this. is my new favorite song. I don't get your thing with this song. It is not that good. Sorry to burst your bubble, but it is not that good. Anyway, we'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Deepak Chopra, right after this. Table Talk Radio, answering the age-old question. If a radio show is broadcasting and no one listens, does it still make a sound? Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, Witch Ladder with Deepak Chopra, and uh, our expert game explainer is here with us to tell us how this game works. I don't, I don't actually know. What are we doing through Witch Ladder? Oh, I oh I do know how to play Witch Ladder. I forgot. <laughs> you invented uh, the game. You ought I, to know. I, I, I thought we might we might change it up for because Deepak Chopra might just be a little bit crazy here. No. So, uh, so it are might we, be. Are we talking about the same Deepak Chopra? <laughs> well, I don't care. You you pick what game you want. We we could we could just listen to clips and play uh, which game game. <laughs> so what if we? Yeah, that's right. We could do that. What? <laughs> So let's try to play Witch Ladder and see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what, what is Witch Ladder? So which, the way the Witch Ladder works is this. So we – how does this go? There's three ladders that we say that man uses to climb his way to heaven. There's the ladder of the will, the ladder of the mind, the ladder of the emotions. The ladder of the will we call moralism, doing good. The ladder of the mind we call rationalism, thinking rightly. The ladder of the – What's the last one? Emotions, we call mysticism, the feeling, touching God on the inside stuff. So uh, those, those three ladders are the, um, the things that man b- builds to try to achieve uh, heaven, um, uh, try to attain the Lord's pleasure, uh, and so forth. So, um, so we listen, when we play three ladders, what we do is we listen to the person talking to us, and we say, which ladder are, would, are they having us climb? Uh, and the best, by the way, the best cult leaders are the ones that would have us climbing up all the ladders. Uh, we'll see how Deepak Chopra does at that. All right. Um, so this is a lecture given by Deepak Chopra uh, Deepak entitled Chopra. Physical Healing, Emotional Well-Being. And the description of the lecture is, how can we be liberated from stress, burnout, depression, immune dysfunction, relationship pressures, and other emotional and physical illnesses? And uh, I'm just going to hit play. I'm about a quarter of the way through his lecture. I'm just going to let play, let it roll until you tell me to hit stop. All right. Tree in Africa, a squirrel in Siberia, a taxi driver in Calcutta. You have stuff in your body that was there only three weeks ago. Okay. In less than one year, you recycle now. We used to think it was five, seven years. In less than one year, you recycle 98% of all the matter in your body. 
So at the atomic molecular level, you have a new liver every six weeks, a new stomach lining every five days, new skin once a month, a new skeleton. It seems so hard, but a skeleton is a dynamic organ with calcium, phosphorus, everything coming and going. And by the end of one year, you replace almost all your body, 98%, few bits of collagen and cartilage, which take a little longer turnover. So this body that Satish invited um, is my 2011 model. <laughs> and the last time I came, I brought with me the same suitcase, but not the same physical body. Okay. I brought my, my suitcase is a little longer shelf life than my physical body. So, you know, this raises a big question in science today. Who are you? If you think you're your physical body, then you have a bit of a problem. Which one are you talking about? Okay. So my, while my physical body has recycled from the ecosystem, it's part of the biosphere, the unfortunate word environment, um, while it's recycled, and you know, my personal body from year 2010 is dead, it's gone. I haven't died in the meanwhile, so I hope you agree this is scientific proof for the existence of life after death, because <laughs> our consciousness is constantly outliving the death of the molecules through which it expresses itself. It's doing it right now. You don't need further proof huh. of reincarnation. These are reincarnated cells, okay? These weren't there a month ago, but they remember the difference between hot and cold and pleasure and pain. It's the memory that's reincarnating. Okay, it's the memory. It's always reincarnating as this physical body. So let's go a little deeper. You go look at the... All right, before we let's go a little, go a little deeper. deeper. <laughs> let's go a little bit deeper. So did you get the gist of what he was saying? Yeah, yeah. So your body, you know, you're, you're switching out molecules. You're switching out, uh, you know, uh, flesh and things. And yet you are the same. So what does that mean? That's well, the question. He would he, say that it means that I mean, this is proof of a reincarnation. Yeah. So that the body, as uh, a matter of matter, <laughs> as as matter of molecules, is not the same body I had this time last year. At least ninety-eight uh, percent of it isn't. So if my body isn't the same that it was a year ago, the only thing that persists is the consciousness that expresses itself through the body. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, and it's it's kind of what he's uh, doing there is he's saying that there's a um, that there's a uh, this distinction between pure materialism, uh, and um, uh, and that's it's kind of nice to hear. Uh, and and we uh, you know we we're always tempted to think that um, uh, I mean the the scientist is always tempting us to think that all there is is matter, and Deepak Chopra is using the fact that um, our bodies recycle against this kind of materialism. But I, what I wonder, really, is if Deepak Chopra is going to be able to escape that. I mean, if he is going to be able to say that, that the consciousness is something more than material. I don't, I don't actually know if he's going to be able to say that or not. But it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean... Um... I think that what he's going to be doing here is going to be um, slamming a wedge between the body and the consciousness. 
Um, so to say that the body really doesn't even matter, what, what only matters really fundamentally is the consciousness. Right, yeah, that could be it. And that's the Eastern move. That's the mystic move to, you know, to, uh, to say that, what, what, um, that the body is transient, but that I am more than body. Right, so, so that uh, these guys talk about you know, becoming self-aware a lot, so that somehow, I mean, I don't know anyone who just isn't aware of themselves, like, oh, look, a mirror. I'm now self-aware, um, but they're you know trying that you should be, um, uh, what made a, uh, made uh, aware of the uh, situation that you're in, and to reflect upon. So you have this inner, uh, what's the word? The uh, introspective reflection on self and all this stuff. So this meditation. is the idea of meditation. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that our friend Deepak Chopra is a big fan of that, uh, that whole meditation uh, business, but um, to discover the self. I, I wanna, I'm anxious to hear a little bit more to kind of get the teeth in. Do we have time to listen to more? Or we gotta... uh, yeah, I'll just hit play again. Um, yeah, we'll see that. These molecules that are recycling... You see their atoms, and then you look at the atoms, and they're subatomic particles, and they're all coming from an emptiness, and that's where the real action is, that emptiness. Now, today, scientists call it the quantum vacuum of the universe, which isn't disappeared. It's right there. If that wasn't active, you and I wouldn't be here. Okay, the quantum vacuum didn't disappear with the Big Bang. It just started a whole series of um, uh, activities that are still going on, but the quantum vacuum of physics is the is there right this moment, and you and I and everything exists because it's there. That's what scientists call it. But you know, you look at the poetry of Rumi seven hundred years ago. He says, "We come spinning out of nothingness, scattering stars like dust." He says, "Look at these worlds spinning out of nothingness. This is within your power." Um, who else? The Buddhists talk about shunyata, that is beyond subject-object split, beyond the observer and the observed. Vedantists, they talk about chitakash. The akash is not empty, but it's full of, of well, chit means consciousness, so they go even beyond. But any scientist will tell you today that one cubic centimeter of space, right here, one cubic centimeter of space, has 10 to the power of 37 times more mass energy than the entire universe. Incomprehensible. That includes the Milky Way galaxy, Andromeda, everything, all the suns, the stars, the planet. There's more mass energy here. Of course, we don't know how that becomes this. At least science doesn't know. Vedantists have a great idea about that. But science has yet not figured out how the micro or quantum world becomes the macro or classical physical world. They don't know. Pretty good close to it, but not there. You know, the, if you've kept up with the literature, unified field and quantum gravity, so on, we don't know. As I said earlier, Sir Arthur Eddington said very elegantly, something unknown is doing we don't know what. <laughs> well, that's the best explanation we have of everything in reality. There's no mechanical explanation that will show you uh, why you feel the way you feel, 
and why, how you remember or how you imagine, as I said earlier, it's called the hard problem in science. Now, uh, it's amazing how someone can go off about something for so long and then say, but we don't know anything. Yeah. Wait a minute. Do you know something or do you not know something? Uh, he it, he knows a lot about not knowing anything, <laughs> which is how I feel also after listening to this lecture. <laughs> All right. We'll continue to do a little analysis of Deepak Chopra right after this and uh, continue in the rest of the broadcast of Table Talk Radio. show ever table talk radio i save all the good stuff for grappling with the text a little video bible study that you can find at worldvieweverlasting.com i'm a little confused pastor wolf miller uh your consciousness is not operating at the same level as your molecules. <laughs> this reminds me, by the way, of one of the most profound moments in one of the most profound movies. And I'm talking about Nacho Libre. Where the nun says to Nacho, those clothes look expensive. And he says, thank you. I mean, they are. They or something like are. That. <laughs> and then he says this. But beneath the clothes, you find a man. And beneath the man, you find his nucleus. <laughs> I didn't know Deepak Chopra was on Nacho Libre. Beneath the man, you find his nucleus. <laughs> nucleus. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea to, to tell our listeners to be self-aware. <laughs> Because if they if they become aware of what they're doing, what is the show doing on? Why am I listening to this? I think it's ironic that these Eastern mystics will talk about being aware while they're trying to confuse you at the same time. What? what? You should be so aware of what you're doing that the universe shall give you the essence of the majesty of everything you've ever wanted before what <laughs> what anyway more from deepak chopra you have to start thinking of a game we're playing here pretty soon oh yeah that's right uh, here it is going back within myself i create again and again i create the mind i create the body and i create the universe whoa so the universe is not out there. Okay, the universe is in your consciousness. Period. There is no universe outside of consciousness. And if there were, you would never know of it. Because there's no way you can get out of consciousness. Isn't this kind of like uh, uh, cortico ergo sum, I think, therefore I am? I think... <laughs> Therefore, I am. You, you're an expert on this kind of thing, aren't you? You did your you series find, of... 
his nuclear. I've watched. Yeah, I know. I've watched. Uh, 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 what's the show called again? I just quoted it. Not I've watched Natural Libre. No, 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 philosopher. No, no, no. no, no. You did, what are you talking about? You did the series of shows um, on table scraps. Philosophia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I, pay, I paid more attention to that than I do to this show too. So I should be an expert. It was way above my pay grade. <laughs> I gotta go back when I want to know. I gotta go back and listen to that stuff. <laughs> now, what? But did you hear what? So this is pure mysticism. Now, note, please, that one of the marks of the mystic is that um, there, there's some great ironies in the in the in the in the mysticisms. That one of the first ironies is that the materialist becomes a mystic. So the one the person who believes that there is only matter ends up believing that there is no such thing as matter. And everything is reduced to consciousness. It's a weird sort of thing. I mean, how do you get to, like, uh, matter alone to no matter at all, only consciousness? That's, that's a, one of the mysteries, and ironic mysteries of mysticism. But you get one of the steps in getting there is the idea that your mind or the mental energy or the whatever is, uh, must have dominion over all of creation. And so Deepak Chopra says that I create, I create my mind, I create my body, I create the universe. Now that is an incredible thing to say. I don't know even how you manage to say it. <laughs> but uh, that, if, if you can't see, well, who then is God? I mean, if we can just, maybe one of the things that we mentioned that God does is create the universe. Well, who's God in the situation? Well, it's obviously me, but not even just me. It's my consciousness, which is creating me and everything else. So um, this this mysticism it ends up having um, the, the, fighting against the tyranny of matter, with the idea that my that, that my spirit has to have has to dominate over that. Uh, it's really it's it's kind of a it's like a case study in mysticism this guy i i think it's i mean so this whole thing works really well for a bunch of people who you know um want to sit in a room and contemplate the things that are beyond knowable and all this stuff um but what does deepak chopra say when there's a school shooting <laughs> and and uh, a mother is weeping over the death of her son killed in cold blood does he come in and say Oh, your consciousness perceives the loss of your son. Uh, look, that's not going to work. Right I would here, buddy. stop you right there. Your impersonation of Deepak Chopra is horrible. <laughs> yes, oh, and your yours, yours is excellent. By the way, my, I, mine was Spot horrible. On. Mine Let's was play horrible a game. Until, until you tried it, and then now I, my sound like a. <laughs> Let's play like a game. A is it Deepak Chopra speaking or Pastor Wolfmuller? I bet no one can tell the difference. I am Deepak Chopra. <laughs> Any case, my point is that uh, this is this this is fun to get everyone confused in a in a dark room somewhere with the smoke and the incense and stuff, but but when there's actual reality at play, that that people know the the you know real sin, real suffering in life that 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 uh, someone I love was just murdered or whatever the suffering may be. Um, this kind of foolishness uh, doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't bring an ounce of comfort. It doesn't um, 
speak to the realities of life because any any bozo knows that this universe is not does not exist inside my consciousness um everyone knows that there are objective realities outside of myself i mean you ha- there's a certain le- level of uh um egotism you have to have in order to buy this junk what do you mean are you going to have an egotism to believe that you create the universe inside yourself <laughs> no <laughs> That's not egocentric. Oh, wait, that's the definition of egocentricity. (laughs) How could you possibly think that that has anything to do with egocentrism? (laughs) All right, let's do a little bit more. You have to be incredibly humble to think that you, you know, spawn the universe in your belly. (laughs) That's selflessness. It's a small universe. It's a tiny little. My universe is a lot smaller than normal. You know, it's tiny. Anyway, the universe is in the in our consciousness. Your physical <laughs> body is physical in body. your consciousness, and your mind is in your consciousness. That's what it means. Prakritim swambhashtaye, curving back within itself. Consciousness creates the mind, creates the body, creates the experience of the universe, and it's all happening within that single consciousness, and that's the mind of God. Hey, the, oh, whew. hey, so so did you hear what he said there, curving back in itself? The, so the old theologians used to use that precise language. The in se curvatus, in curvatus se, curved in on itself. And that's the definition of the sinful flesh, that it's curved in on itself. But here he says this is how we ought to be. The consciousness curves back in on itself. And that is not only an act of reflection, it's an act of creation that's there. That's phenomenal. Yes. And it's horrible. Right. It's phenomenally horrible. Uh, and that, but it's nice to see him to see him say it, you know. And and he said that was the consciousness of God. That's the mind of God. Yeah. Is self awareness. Can you believe it? I mean, when when Luther says that every heresy comes from enthusiasm, you know, the idea that the word is on the inside and not on the outside. It's like oh, I wonder if he's just had deep deep buck shukra <laughs> in mind. It's just pure enthusiasm curved in on itself, and that that in to say that that in that that curvedness. Is a um, uh, is, is so mm, um, is so important in Deepak's theology that that that's all there is. It 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 becomes exclusive. That there's nothing even outside of it. I mean, I I still don't have any idea what he's talking about. Okay, okay, I got a game we're playing. We right. we are playing the game kick the dog, comfort the child. So I think you've okay. adequately kicked the dog. Poor Deepak. poor Deepak. <laughs> I'm going to name my next dog Deepak. I don't know if I could be in a debate with Deepak Chopra. But what the? <laughs> but I want you to come with a child. Suppose one of your members there at Hope Lutheran Church or any uh, you know, baptized Christian listens to this and goes, I think this guy is right on. Uh, how, do you, how do you comfort the child in this? Uh, the falsely taught. <sighs> You have a I don't minute know. here. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about what the uh, bad effects of this are. You know, I mean, he, so here we have this idea that our consciousness can be creative. And it dismisses us from the idea of being created and all the things that come along with being created, including that the Lord protects us, guards us, and keeps us, this sort of thing. And while we might be swept away with the, whatever it is with Deepak Chopra, the, da- the great danger is we, we, um, we're stepping out of the Lord's order of things that we live outside of ourselves. Uh, so we give thanks to God that, that, you know, even the even God who can create did not create in the way that Deepak Chopra talks about creation, but rather spoke 
and created this reality. And not only did he speak and create this reality, that he the, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that that is our comfort and peace, that, that Jesus is not, that we are not trapped in our own mind, like that song that we were listening to was talking about, but rather that that we know the mind of Christ, which is to die for us, to forgive our sins. I mean, there's no comfort in Deepak, but there is comfort in Christ. All right, that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like your body, which is gone in two years. <laughs> Replaced by new models. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, hair loss, hallucinations, and to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lungs, and uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletopradio.org. Give me 20 million points.